Hello, this is Cam. And this is Mal. And this is Their Eyes Were Watching TV, a film and TV podcast. This week, we will be discussing the hit HBO show, and just like that, the spinoff of Sex in the City. Please go watch it, and if you have not, uh, pause it right here and come on back. So today in news, unfortunately, 2022 just uh, keeps punching us in our faces. Um, Andre Leon Talley, um, editor at large of Vogue, and who a lot of us uh, probably learned more about from his stint on America's Next Top Model, uh, passed away. Um, he was a huge, huge voice in the fashion industry, um, a Black icon, a fashion icon, born in D.C., grew up in Durham, uh, Durham, North Carolina. That. Yeah, I didn't know he was born in DC. Wow. <laughs> um, I heard I remember he grew up in Durham. I did not remember he was born in DC, but he graduated from Hillside High School in Durham. <laughs> Durham, uh, stand up. Okay. <laughs> like he was Durham, Durhamite. All right. <laughs> and, and the Bull City continues because he also graduated from undergrad uh, at North Carolina Central University. Whoa, why wasn't Central claiming him more? How did I not know this? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So also a few days ago, uh, comedian, actor, Louis Anderson passed away. He mm-hmm. um, was in many movies. Um, a lot of us, probably a lot of Black folks know him from coming to America. He worked at McDowell's. Uh, very <laughs> funny. And I as a kid was obsessed he had a cartoon called life with louie do you remember yes, that I yeah i used to watch that show every morning getting ready for school it is one of my favorite cartoons ever um it's based on a childhood in the early 60s very funny i don't i don't think it's streaming anywhere but now i want to check and see maybe it is i would love to rewatch that again um also uh casey wilson uh, for saturday night live happy endings black monday um if you follow her Insta- on her if you follow her on instagram or if you just go look at her instagram page she has a very lovely uh tribute with him about where she um just happened to meet him once and he had some very kind words for her about her mother who had recently passed away I was sad. I enjoyed. Um, did you ever watch the show Baskets with uh, him and Zach Galifianakis? Uh, it was about Zach Galifianakis being like a clown, and Louis played his mother, so he was like literally in drag <laughs> in this show. No, and I always wanted to watch that show. Um, and there's actually because Casey mentioned that. Um, and he said something like he always thought eventually he would play his father uh, mm-hmm. in some like film or show, but he ended up playing his mother. Um, <laughs> and so he said, uh, he, he I, I can't remember what his exact words were, but basically he felt like he was kind of like channeling her in that role. And, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't want to do it, um, you know, in a, as if he was making fun of, mothers or or women or whatever but he was really trying to emulate his mother yeah i'm sad that baskets won't be coming back now because because of that i mean i don't know that it was i think it ended prior to the pandemic but it was a good show i enjoyed it silly irreverent yeah i'll have to catch up on that so 
this is a lady I had not heard about um, until she passed away, unfortunately. Um, but a lady named Lucia Harris, aka Lucy Harris. Have you heard about her? What she do? So um, <laughs> you say it like that. <laughs> what, oh, like give me more context. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she was a basketball player. Uh, she played for oh. Delta State University, um, I believe, like, in the late 70s. And she was, like, an incredible basketball player, like, took them to the national championship. I think they won three times, which mm. was pretty unheard of at that time. Um, apparently, like, the Delta State women's basketball team was getting, uh, like, they were selling out their games, and the men's yeah. basketball team wasn't. Uh, she said they were traveling by plane. The men's team had to travel by bus, which is like, you know, pretty, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty crazy to hear because usually it's, you know, very um, uneven going the other way. Uh-huh. So um, she was so good that she was actually uh, drafted by the New Orleans Jazz. But okay. she's, she's the only woman to ever be drafted by the NBA, but she chose not to go because she felt like it would, you know, it would kind of be like a spectacle and she was, she, I guess, didn't want to play if she wasn't going to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So she did play briefly in uh, the WBL, the uh, Women's Professional Basketball League. Um, but she um, got married, raised a family, and that kind of became her focus. So like me, a lot of people uh, I saw commenting about her were like, why am I just learning about her now? So... Yeah, there. Um, but there's a uh, short documentary. It's called The Queen of Basketball. Uh, Shaq, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is actually one of the producers of it. Wow. And um, it came out, I think, um, early 2021. Um, so it's really cool. So she got to see it. Um, mm. But it's it's really good. If you, I think it's on like the New York Times website, but if you just Google Queen of Basketball, it'll like the video will pop up. I highly recommend it. Very interesting. And she just seemed like she has like a really, really sweet spirit, um, daughter of like sharecroppers, big family, like just a really, mm-hmm. really cool and inspiring story. Ugh, I'm upset for loving basketball, not uh, shouting out this this queen. Because <laughs> the whole thing was about like Monica Wright, the main character, wanting to be the first person, the first woman drafted into the NBA. Oh, that's right. And then, you know, eventually they started like the WNBA and she got in there. But like, that would have been a perfect like homage to that that woman. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like she would have been like one of her like role models or something. Exactly. Oh, missed opportunity. Yeah, that's such a good point. So uh, very sad news. Just a couple of days ago, um, we found out that Ian Alexander Jr., son of beloved actress, director Regina King, uh, passed away from suicide just three days after his 26th birthday. Um, He was Regina's only child and they seemed very close. So um, just really, really sad and shocking news, sending a lot of love, prayers, all of that to Regina and her family. That is that's hard. That yeah. is so hard. I've been seeing so many clips of like one, I I feel like an idiot because I had no idea that once she was married at one point, I thought she was like a forever bachelorette like Tracy Ellis Ross. <laughs> 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 and that she had a kid. Um 
and then now I'm seeing all these clips of her like speaking about her son in interviews and she just always had like really warm happy stories about him and always talked about how he was the best thing to ever happen to her so it's I can't imagine what she's going through I know I know just I'm sure devastated like doesn't even begin to describe it yeah um so moving on um the late Virgil Abloh who passed away a few weeks ago um he actually had started a film production company and had made a short documentary about Shikari Richardson Hmm. um it is called Sub 11 Seconds and it is uh premiering at this year's Sundance which is happening right now does she need a documentary? I mean, I, what, what, what has she done? <laughs> no. Well, for, for one thing, so uh, I've like, from what I've read, like the documentary takes place over two days where she's training for something. And I, I don't remember what it is, but. Is this before or after the race where all the Olympic after. girls. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, what I did not realize was that her being disqualified uh, for using weed apparently started a conversation across a lot of different sports um, and professional leagues. So yeah. apparently now, like the NBA, like weed is okay. So, like, uh, yeah, you- it's been a. It, I wouldn't say she started it. It's definitely been an ongoing conversation in a lot of sports leagues, especially now that marijuana is legal in several states that it's just becoming problematic for these industries plus a lot of players are using it for recovery um their recovery process and just to deal with their mental health like it's mm-hmm. just getting dumb at this point just legalize it <laughs> just right. legalize it right like <laughs> weed is like a performance enhancing drug <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, although people are using it for like the recovery period to uh, like, you know, during workouts or whatever, either way, it's just let it be, just let it be. You let alcohol rock, let weed rock. Yeah, I feel like weed and alcohol is pretty much the same level. Except for this one is natural. (laughs) Well, I mean alcohol comes from like grapes and rye but you have to you have to do a lot of processing to make alcohol drinkable weed literally is from the earth mind you what we smoke nowadays in dispensaries yes that is like genetically altered and pumped up and all that but god put it here for us my philosophy (laughs) it was on this earth for us and everything the light touches (laughs) I don't remember that part of the scripture. But okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so also um, something that we did not have a chance to discuss in our last episode, uh, the Golden Globes happened um, oh. a few weeks ago, but oh. it, it was weird though, because they weren't televised. Oh. So I don't know if they were just like announced on Instagram, like I don't really press release this is who won (laughs) basically so uh i just wanted to mention two of the winners one will smith won lead actor in a uh dramatic film for king richard 
Ah, did you watch that yet? Yeah. King Richard? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Watch it a while ago. Okay. Did you watch it? I watched it over the holiday break. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I enjoyed it. I, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, I watched it with a couple of friends and when we saw it was like, I think two hours and like 22 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh God. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is, this is going to be long. Um, it's just, and not like, you know, it's still going to have been good, but just my attention span is just so short. It just made me nervous. But that film flew by. Like, it did mm-hmm. not feel like two hours at all to me. Um, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, and also, MJ Rodriguez, aka Michaela J, she won lead actress in a dramatic TV series for Pose. And she, ah. yeah, and she is the first trans actor to win a Golden Globe. Wow. Congrats, yeah. MJ. Yeah. So I was kind of disappointed like oh like I hate that this was like the year that like it wasn't televised mm-hmm. I wish she could have got like you know her speech and her moment and all that um but so proud of her like love Blanca like brought me to tears so many times and not even like sad tears just like sentimental she's such a good mom like, she's a great mom oh my god oh love great that mom. so much and I, has she been in anything since? Like, I, I want to see her in, like, different roles and see how she does. Oh, man. So she is in, not remembering the name of, but it just got announced. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. Okay, so apparently she was in that film Tick, Tick, Boom with um, Andrew Garfield. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I have not watched that either, but uh, I know, I think actually he might have won a Golden Globe, maybe. Hmm. But, um, so yeah, she was in that movie, and then she is also, she's also going to be in a show alongside Beanie Feldstein and Jamila Jamil. Uh, It's a new TV anthology series called Girls Can't Shoot and Other Lies. Um, it's like it's also going to have uh, Kat Dennings in it. So, okay. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, the doll is out here working. Good for her. Good yeah. For her. So, and uh, I think you had already heard about this, but our fave, Mary Cosby from. <laughs> Not ours. <laughs> Not mine. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City uh, did not. Uh, film for the uh, reunion episodes because she said it was quote one-sided and apparently she's not or has not done any filming yet for season three so hope they don't bring her back she is god awful <laughs> this season i it doesn't even seem like she's really friends with these women like i, I honestly don't understand their connection and friendship like yeah she's 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 she has issues she has issues they're a yeah. parent on this show deep-seated yeah <laughs> yeah it's, so- it's actually sad a little sad to watch sometimes because mm-hmm. i just feel like she's a bully and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and these women are terrified of her yeah yeah but I, I also feel like the are they terrified because they don't want to be accused of like being racist because she's black <laughs> <laughs> Or are they terrified of her because they think she's going to sick God on her? <laughs> well, I mean, her tagline is, uh, if you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. Which, 
again, I don't know if Jesus signed off on that, but <laughs> I mean, as a black person, I think I would too be a little scared. <laughs> so it may be partially, yes, as a as a white person or as an Asian person, you don't want to come at her. And I was gonna say, Jenny, Jenny ain't scared. <laughs> Jenny's the only one that oh. isn't scared. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we, we're gonna get to jenny in a second oh yeah yeah um but uh and i mean you know her and jen shaw were going at it last year too mm. but i think even along with that i just feel like mary's a lot and i feel like either it might not even like freak them out so much but it just might just kind of be like oh like this is just not worth even dealing with yeah because i think i would probably feel the same way yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with Mary. Like, no, it's not for me. No, not at all. But I wonder if she is not returning partially because of the cult rumors about her church. I mean, I don't I don't understand what this show and like her work as a pastor. I don't understand how those are like congruent, <laughs> you know, like I don't, yeah. I don't see the Venn diagram of those two things coming yeah. together. Um, I actually think she's probably doing a disservice to her church because she's highlighting the fact Mm. of like how messy and trashy it is I don't feel like she's she's other than like maybe fans you know Mm -hmm. coming to the church I just don't understand how this like expands her congregation like would you want her to be your first lady no absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) I would exactly I would love to meet someone who's like, oh my God, yes, sign me up for this church. <laughs> Take my tides. Was <laughs> <Right? laughs> that 10% a month? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, so of course, Mary did get in some hot, into some hot water this season because she made a, she was allegedly trying to compliment Jenny, but <laughs> ended up making. <laughs> a racially insensitive comment uh towards her but it has uh come out that uh jenny um got in trouble for some old facebook posts that she had that were um criticizing black lives matter so oh what was she saying oh you didn't hear about that i mean i heard i saw in like the comments section that people were saying she had said some racist remarks but I didn't investigate to find out what they were yeah so a lot of it was like her reposting um stuff to her Facebook page so like one of them was like a repost that said like I'm sick of people saying cops need more training you had 18 years to teach your kid it's wrong to loot still set buildings ablaze block traffic laser people's eyes overturn cars destroy buildings and attack citizens who fell to um and then there's a cartoon of uh like an elderly woman and on the back of her car you know those family stickers like mm-hmm. so she has like mm-hmm. a bunch of those in the back of her car and i guess a guy comes up and asks her if that's her family and she says no that's not my family that's how many rioters i've hit uh, uh, yeah uh, <clears throat> yeah so and, and several several posts like that so, uh, you know, of course, she came out with an apology, but the Salt Lake City girls are distancing themselves. Um, Jen Shaw called her apology disingenuous. 
um, and uh, Meredith and um, how was her? Whitney. They also put out statements saying that uh, they did not agree with it. Um, and Meredith said something like, you're going to see like the, um, why did, not punishment. <laughs> What's the backlash? Word? No, it's like a, I feel like it's another Karma? punishment. Karma? No, something like, uh, basically like you're going to see like, I guess how it plays out with, uh, I think her being, the way Meredith was saying it, like, it kind of sounds like maybe she will be kicked off the show. I don't know. She deserves to be. I was going to say, yeah. at this point, like, they're losing half the cast. <laughs> Mary, yeah. Jenny. I mean, Jen Shaw about to be in jail, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the, all the people of color are going to be gone. Oh, shit. That is all the... Damn. Every single one. Gone. Damn. <laughs> and then what does, what does that say about the people of color that actually live in Salt Lake City? What are you trying to say, Bravo? We're all crooks. We're all racists. <laughs> cultists <laughs> i don't like it i don't like it <laughs> i mean to be fair i don't know if they well one bravo probably needs to vet their um their talents a little better but two i don't bravo know knows what they're doing bravo likes the mess <laughs> bravo likes they probably knew about this jenny stuff and was like yes yes because <laughs> i'm gonna say with the mary and the Jen Shaw thing like maybe that could have been a bit of a surprise oh yeah yes definitely yeah. definitely the Jen Shaw <laughs> yeah <laughs> not the Mary <laughs> but yeah that's so because I was I'm always so surprised that like Salt Lake City has this diverse of a cast <laughs> so now it's like damn maybe maybe not anymore right Trying to make all the Mormons look good <laughs> and all the non-Mormons look bad. Well, well, not, there's only uh, only two of them are Mormons. I thought, uh, was it not Meredith? I know Meredith's Jewish. The other chick from New York. Yeah, Whitney and Lisa. Lisa. Are. I thought Lisa was. Yeah, I not, said two of them. Whitney and Lisa. Oh, and then the other chick left. Yeah, yeah I forget because she's very happy that she left. That's so. all she talks about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I've got a couple, one little news tidbit. Um, do you remember Nikki Gilbert from the group Brownstone? I do. So apparently she is very pissed off with P Valley and Stars, and she is suing them, uh, saying they stole her idea and used it as uh, the P-Valley, P-Valley show. Um, it's unclear whether or not she's accusing Katori Hall, the creator of P-Valley and like showrunner and I think writer of plagiarism. But apparently Nikki Gilbert had <laughs> a stage play. It was called Soul Kittens Cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds ridiculous. Soul Kittens Cabaret. And it was a stage play. But let me tell you, it was also released on DVD. But let me tell you who was in this. 
basically all the ladies from R&B Diva. So <laughs> Faith Evans, Selena Johnson, Fantasia Marino, Monifa, and Angie Stone were all oh in this production. And it takes place uh, at this place called Tata's Burlesque. <laughs> These names. So she feels like her whole entire stage play because she apparently sent the DVD to Lionsgate back in 2014 and never heard back from Lionsgate. And she feels like they stole her idea to the point she claims she was getting phone calls once P-Valley aired, like congratulating her (laughs) on the show because it was so similar to her original idea. Mind you, Katori Hall had her own stage play called Pussy Valley (laughs) that she put Um, out in 2015, which is literally based on, uh, you know, strippers in Chuckalisa, Mississippi, which is where the show takes place. mm -hmm. But she seems to not be accusing Katori Hall of plagiarism. She's just upset with the Lion Gate girls and the Stars girls saying they conspired to steal (laughs) steal her work and call it their own and profit off of it so she wants her coins <laughs> we'll see where it goes but i think it might be a little might be a little hard to prove given katori's work has also been out there and i just, I just don't know that she has a leg to stand on it seems like it would have made sense for her to accuse katori of plagiarism mm-hmm. but that's not what she's doing so good luck yeah i really thought you were gonna say she was like suing suing them for using like a brownstone sock (laughs) i did not see that coming at all and what year that was it sweet kitty's tabernacle what year did it come out (laughs) soul kittens cabaret Apparently the stage play was in like the early 2000s, maybe like 0304, but the DVD didn't come out until like 2011. So, ciao, who knows? Who knows? Katori could have seen it and got inspired. Yes, (laughs) I'm sure she did. (laughs) Because everybody was talking about Soul Kittens Cabaret. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like unless she's accusing her, I feel like that I don't understand how you could sue Stars and Lionsgate because just someone else brought a similar idea. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people have similar ideas all the time. Like, I mean, no strings attached, <laughs> just friends got made. So, <laughs> can't really. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there, but I just I don't see how it's gonna work out in Nikki's favor. I don't either. Um, I mean, especially it seems to be that maybe only the first episode is what she's saying because she said like her play is about a new girl who comes to the club and the club is run by a transgender proprietor. But neither here nor there. Good luck. Actually, don't. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're a terrible person, Nikki Gilbert. I wish the worst for you. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. She is. She was terrible on R&B Divas. <laughs> a bully. A bully who like never wanted to sing, but was always talking about other people who couldn't sing, but never Ooh. wanted to sing. 
Yeah, I only saw like maybe a season of that, and I don't know why because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, it's good. I think it only had like two or three seasons, but Nikki mm. was the villain. Her and Kelly Price, <laughs> the villains. Oh, Kelly Price was a villain too. Mm-hmm. I think because I think there had to have been three seasons because Nikki was on the first two and she was a villain, and then she wasn't on the third, and Kelly Price stepped in and she was the villain. Okay, yes. Because I didn't, that's why I didn't see Kelly Price. Because I know I didn't, I wouldn't have seen that season. Because what's the girl who was on the Avant song? Kiki. Kiki, yeah. I just always remember there's a scene where I think Nikki, oh, I think maybe it was like she had reunited with Brownstone and they mm-hmm. were singing and like the voices weren't quite voicing the way mm-hmm. <laughs> they hoped. Mm-hmm. And so then she wanted Kiki to come. She was like, Kiki Wyatt, Kiki. Kiki, Kiki Wyatt, Kiki. <laughs> was calling, and Kiki was like, oh, I guess I gotta go up here. <laughs> and probably uh, blew him out the water. Because she could sing yeah. at any point. <laughs> yeah, she did. She sure did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up our news section. On to, and just like that, I fucking hate that name god damn it i hate it <laughs> i hate it so much i just feel old like i feel old saying it <laughs> why do you feel old saying it and it's just, like they they seem to work it in every episode like at the end and mm. i'm just like who talks like that who talks like that really have you ever used that and just like that i was you know at the mall girl <laughs> um not that you haven't exactly i may use it here there it's not definitely not something i use regularly but but like for it to become like the name of the show and for you to use it every episode (laughs) just ah, drives me a little crazy but i enjoy the show i enjoy the show (laughs) i just hate the name so this is season one, episode eight, which is called Bewitched, Bothered, and Boat Bewildered. And in this episode, we see a continuation of Miranda Hobbs, who has been having this uh, really uh, exciting affair with a non-binary character by the name of Che, who also happens to be Carrie's boss or podcast coworker. <laughs> I don't know how that works, that power dynamic, but either way, <laughs> um, she's been having this affair with her and we see her at uh, an event. Che is a comedian. Oh, and oh, yes. What? You said she's been having this affair with her. She's having this affair with them. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this, uh, America. I am, I'm working on the pronoun thing. And I will try my hardest to respect that and use it. But if I slip up, just don't come at me, please. Don't come at me. I'm I trying to honor her. I and, uh, them. I'm trying to honor them. Them, them, them. Anywho, so we see that Miranda and Che's relationship is blossoming. Miranda goes to one of her events and happens to see her son and his girlfriend also at the event. So she tries to slink away um, to not be seen. And her and Che later meet up and they have a confrontation where Miranda pretty much admits to Che that 
this is a secret relationship and that she has been having an affair and that she is not in an open relationship. And Che gets really upset and says, you know, basically gives her an ultimatum. I can't be with you. I'm not here for the cheating, the dishonesty. You need to make a decision about your life and just let me know. She also admits to being in love with her, uh, her being Miranda, in um, a couple scenes later that gives Miranda the power to actually confront her husband, Steve, and tell him what's been going on with her and ask for a divorce. Also happening, (laughs) Charlotte is um, having some parenting issues, trying to reconcile her past childhood of her parents being, being a little sexually oppressive to her and not wanting to repeat that with her children, but also unknowingly repeating that with her children. Um, there's a scene where Charlotte is trying to get her husband, Harry, to wear a fit ring, which I didn't even know was a thing, that you could <laughs> you could wear rings that like monitor your heart and health. Yeah. It must be some rich people shit. Um, so she's trying to get him to do it and her husband like makes it cute and cheeky like you gotta propose to me get on one knee she does it and he's like well why are you down there just give me a little blowjob so she starts to give her a blowjob and their oldest daughter Lily actually walks in on them and Charlotte slams the door in her face and basically makes up this whole thing like I was checking him for cancer (laughs) I was (laughs) sucking his and then she instantly feels guilty like no I need to be honest with my daughter and in the process of like her wanting to talk to her child about this, she realizes how innocent her child actually is and that she doesn't need to have this conversation right now and they will cross that bridge when they get to it. And then we have Carrie who has a new neighbor who lives below her. She is this really hip and cool, air quotes, <laughs> millennial who is a jewelry designer who has all these hip and cool friends, except she makes a lot of noise living below her that Carrie can't tolerate but she doesn't want to be like the old witch that like ruins their fun so she's trying to find this balance of like please be quiet but also please think I'm cool (laughs) and so we kind of watch that dynamic to me that was the least interesting part of the show I was more interested in like what was happening with Miranda and her story Mm -hmm. um I don't know about you did you watch Sex in the City like the show and the movies and all that so I watched the movies I did not watch the show but since starting and just like that um and just like that I'm watching the original Sex in the City so I think I'm in like halfway through season two now ah yeah okay I really am upset with Miranda's evolution on and just like that Mm. like in the in the show and even in the movies Miranda was self-assured she was you know all about like knocking down the patriarchy and she was very much into like non-traditional relationships and situationships and she was just like a very strong alpha woman And I feel like in this iteration, she just gives off grandma vibes. (laughs) Like she, I feel like the the strength of the original Miranda is like completely gone. 
Like she just seems very unsure of herself and like the world around her. And I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time because there are a couple of scenes, specifically that moment when she's in the park with Che after uh, their, their, I don't, I don't know. Was it a comedy set or just a, an event, whatever? Yeah, I think like a pride event, maybe. She is like, she's talking to them and she has the smile on her face the entire time talking about, well, I didn't want my son to see me with you. Yeah. <laughs> like my husband doesn't know about this. Like to, it was, it was, it was unsettling. The fact that like, she was so flippant about what she's doing and not really self-aware. Like you don't understand maybe why they're just like a little bit upset. Yeah. Or like, why why Che would be shocked or how your actions will affect your family not mm-hmm. not to mention your husband your son she mm. seems to have like no no concept of how this will affect her son or even the fact that like you had to duck out of an event because you saw your child and you couldn't explain why why you were there <laughs> like you were so afraid to like I guess maybe be challenged about what you're doing. And I even feel like um, Charlotte and Carrie aren't really holding her feet to the flame, especially Charlotte. You know, Charlotte is good for a good shaming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She is like the morality police. (laughs) And I feel like she is like holding back. Like, who am I to tell you what to do with your life? Like, huh? That's really your role, Charlotte. You're the voice of reason. But I kind of feel like part of that is because they've always been on her, like, oh my God, Charlotte, you're so judgmental. And so I think maybe now she's trying to like, okay, we all said I was too judgmental, so I'm going to let y'all do what the fuck y'all wanted to. But I would say this is a time to be judgmental because if you recall, Steve cheated on Miranda in what, the first Sex in the City movie? And it was like a huge deal. It was a huge deal. Oh, that's why, because I just remember like New Year's Eve, like Carrie goes to be with her. So she's not alone on New Year's Eve. And Mm. I forgot what that was for, but I think that was maybe after he cheated. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like this show is is really, I think it's highlighting how we, we see women who cheat versus men who cheat. Like somehow this cheating seems to be okay because it's exciting and she's exploring her sexuality Mm. but when steve cheated it was like deal breaker like done he's an asshole her friends were you know mad at him i think there was a whole scene of like charlotte running into him somewhere and her like getting mad at him and you know doing her little thing (laughs) she does you know (laughs) wagging a finger (laughs) right so it's like I don't know. I feel like they're being really, I felt bad for Steve in this episode specifically. Yeah. Um, When she sat down to talk to him, she said, this isn't enough for me. Like you, you aren't enough. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you've made me feel that way this entire relationship. Yeah. Like I'm either not enough or sometimes I am enough. 
or sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm just right. I don't, I don't know. I, I felt genuinely bad for her, for him mm-hmm. because she just seemed so careless with his feelings. And it also felt like she was just giving up, like, you're not enough, but I'm also not putting in the work to like communicate to you why this relationship isn't working for me or what we could do to try and make this relationship better. It just felt like she had given up and was going to something that was fun, exciting and new versus wanting to repair her family. And it made it seem like she had settled for Steve all along when that's not the case. Like Steve left you or y'all broke up and you pursued him. He got in a whole nother relationship and you got mad about it and wanted him back. Mm-hmm. And that's how y'all got together and got married. So I, I think Miranda's a sociopath. <laughs> I will say to me, Miranda doesn't give me grandma at all. Like for me, like it's been annoying because I'm just like, where's your like backbone? Mm. Like it just seems like from the little bit of the original series I watched, like you exactly how you describe Miranda, like very self-assured, very alpha, very not putting up with shit. And now it's just to me, it's almost like she's acting like a teenager. Mm. Like it just kind of feels like, oh, I don't know. And I'm just oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Maybe this marriage isn't working out. Like I like even her like going to Steve and you know she had the moment with Che Che says I'm in love with you Miranda's like okay okay well you know I'm gonna fix it this is all gonna be fine and then goes and tells Steve that she wants a divorce and I'm like don't you think like maybe you should have had like a full sit-down conversation with Che like okay we both have feelings for each other do you want to be in a relationship I feel like all she heard was like Chase said I I don't do like traditional I can't give you traditional and yeah. Miranda's like okay that's great I don't want tra- I don't want traditional and I think in Miranda's mind traditional is just like a hetero relationship yeah and I think for Shay that might be I don't do monogamy or like I want uh or I don't do you know full-on commitment I want an open relationship whatever the case may be right and I just like I can't I I was just very disappointed to see Miranda like go off of like that little thing and kind of like blow up her whole marriage agreed I feel like sorry (laughs) I was just just also gonna say and like you said like it it didn't make me sad because Steve was like our relationship has been so like volatile and we're finally at a place where it's calm and it's nice and I did kind of, I did feel for Miranda a little bit where she was like, you know, are we just here till we're old? And he's like, I, we are old. And Miranda's like, we're 55. And like right. 55 is still young. Like you can still like you can do whatever you want to. You can travel, you can go out, you can have new experiences. So I felt for Miranda because like, I wouldn't want to be pigeonholed in something either where we're, you know, middle age. And somebody's like, well, this is it. We're just going to watch TV and have dessert night. <laughs> what the? But I don't know. I feel like if you really care about somebody, you would have that conversation about like, I'm not unhappy. Are you willing to work on this with me? Are you willing to go to couples counseling, whatever? Right. But to just be like, I'm out, like, that's pretty fucked up. 
Yeah, like she didn't she didn't really even say like all she said basically is that she was bored. But it's also like, well, what are you doing? Like, are you suggesting new things for y'all to do? Mm. And Steve is just like, no. It's yeah. also, you know, if we want to put this in real context, it's a pandemic. <laughs> what, what what can you really do? <laughs> well, I think actually the pandemic, I believe, is over. <laughs> On and just like that. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's just, I just felt she just felt like even when she was describing it to Carrie after it happened, she was like, um, she was like, I told him I didn't blame him and I didn't make him feel bad. And I'm like, how do you tell someone that they are not enough in this life that y'all have created is not enough and them not feel bad from that? Yeah, her, I was really annoyed with her saying that when she was in that taxi because it felt like, to me, that felt very selfish. Yes! She was like, oh, like, I asked for a divorce and I did such a good job. And to me, like, that's what I'm saying. Like the way she's acting reminds me of a teenager because a lot of it just feels like really immature extremely so because i i started thinking like are you moving out are you going to tell your kid <laughs> like yeah what are like the the real life things that would be associated with this and it's it's so weird her her joy in mm-hmm. all of this and like there's no like grief or remorse for her cheating on him yeah and she was pissed off when he did the same um i just uh, it, it makes me not like her character <laughs> and that's I kind of I kind of feel like this is being like you said like the double standard of like Steve cheating versus her and also like I feel like it, she the show but especially like the character Miranda is kind of framing this kind of like a sexual awakening mm-hmm. and I feel like it's less that and more just like midlife crisis thank you like she's changing careers and she's going through like this sexual awakening I guess um and then I mean for me I'm hoping Che breaks her heart I feel like it's inevitable honestly because I don't think they want the same things well yeah you do you watch the um preview for the upcoming episode no oh it looks like it's happening already so I, it looks like, uh, you know, she goes to Cleveland or whatever to meet Che and Che says, you're not my girlfriend and we're not dating. So I'm like, see, and this is exactly why you should have had a conversation yep. with them to clarify what y'all were and what they wanted. Yep. And even it's just, you said it, immaturity, because before she had the conversation with Steve, She's talking to Carrie and Carrie was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Because alone in theory is very mm. different than alone in reality. And this is coming from a woman who just lost her husband. Right. And she's like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I think Miranda deserves to be alone after this and i hope steve does not take her back because this is kind of miranda's pattern in that she will get with a man she'll discard him and then once she figures out like there's nothing better out there or i haven't been able to find something better but they have moved on to something better she will get them back she did with steve she did with what was his name skipper or Stu. 
I was <laughs> I was thinking in the first season, the like real sweet guys. Yeah, skipper, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is her pattern. So I really hope Steve is strong. And it sounds like he is. He said he's done. Yeah. Saving this relationship. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But I don't like Miranda. And I and it bothers me because I I liked her. I liked her. I feel like she used to be like the now that Samantha's gone, she was always like very funny, witty, always had like a, a joke and a punchline. And I don't know. I, I think I've been bothered because she does seem like a a meeker version of herself than who was on the show before. Not to say that's not a natural progression. Like, you know, you could evolve as you get older into that, but it, it's hard as a viewer and fan to watch because they just seem like two very different people. Old Miranda and current Miranda. Yeah. Uh, I I, I want to get further into the original show because right now I definitely like the reboot more than the original. To me, the original feels very dated. And yeah, no, 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 problematic stuff too that happens. But that, like, I feel like more just because it was like, oh, we're pushing the envelope and we're like risque. And like in 1999 or 2000, that's a lot. Like now, it's like this isn't, you know, like it's it's just kind of like run of the mill. Whereas, like, if you look at like, you know, like. I don't know, friends or living single, or you know, like something else from like kind of around that. Or actually, those shows started before Sex in the City. And to me, they don't feel as dated because it's just, you know, like um, kind of evergreen comedy. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I feel like Sex in the City was trying to be so like cutting edge. Like now it just feels a little, I don't know, like it's like, I don't, it's fine. But, like, I can't say I'm, like, really in, super enjoying it. But mm. I do feel like maybe it'll get better. Or I, I will like it more as the seasons go on. But even in the original series, like, Miranda gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. So in the reboot, I actually was liking Miranda more. Up until the scene where her and Che have relations in Carrie's kitchen. Oof. <laughs> Because disrespect. <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> Carrie's a good one because one, like you're in my house to help me because I just had surgery. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is helping me get to and from the bathroom. You know, I'm having trouble like maneuvering on my own. So not only are you having sex in my kitchen, you're having sex in my kitchen and I'm about to piss my own bed. Like, <laughs> I, once like I would have woke up and been like, oh crap, I got to pee. I would have been like, um, excuse, excuse me, if y'all don't mind, uh, Miranda, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I have to pee. I'm not sorry. You, uh, please ring that bell. Uh, you're going to do a job. <laughs> I mean, like, the sorry me was uh, not for real, but yeah, like I just, yeah, Miranda's, I'm 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 disappointed <laughs> with where her character has gone. Like she seems like gone. Like she's living on another planet. Because even yeah. even when that happened, she didn't understand why Carrie was upset about it. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, I just pissed on myself, and I know your husband. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? And this is my boss. What yeah. are you doing? 
Yeah. 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 And when you talk about being dated, I feel like this show, this new iteration could also be very similar because I, I find Che's character to be the most like irritating and bothersome (laughs) in that it, it feels very preachy, very like Hollywood agenda that I'm trying to push off on you. And like, I don't care about that. You know, Sex and the City was always about like LGBTQI representation. But in the way that Che does it, it's like hitting you over the head with it. Like there's no subtlety to it. And I I, I dislike, I just, I, I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like the character of yeah. Che. I think for me, like, I don't think that part has bothered me. I don't think that, I, like, I haven't really thought about that. But for me, like, Che kind of feels like, like a, like, like 1950s, like James Dean kind of like, ooh, like, I'm, I'm bad. And I'm like, I like that's kind of like, like a, like that kind of bad. It's a rebel. Yeah, rebel. That's it. Yeah. And I think that kind of is what annoys me. Yes, I, I too would agree with that. It like, I'm not saying this isn't a realistic character. I'm sure there are, especially in New York, I'm sure there are tons of Jays yeah. out there, but it's almost like they replaced, because like Sex and the City, the show, it was Stanford and um, I forget the other like gay character. Oh, are you talking about Stanford's husband? Yes. Yes. Well, he's still on there. Mar- Mario I- Cantone. I can't think of his character. Right. So it's almost like they replaced kind of the gay men staple with Che. Like Che is kind of in every episode. But it's like, where are the lesbians? Like, why are we only? <laughs> I feel like they've never really represented lesbians mm. on this show. And I don't really, I don't understand that. Um, because it's kind of like if you're if you're gonna be inclusive include everybody like show us a little more of the spectrum but i don't know i i i i'm not i'm not rooting for this romance is what i'm saying between che and miranda yeah i um that's something i was gonna talk about after kind of how like um and just like that is trying to maybe try to fit a lot of like diversity quotas yes with with this reboot um so yeah we can i'll come back to that in a bit i would say like um i forget the the carrie's realtor um asima asima oh sorry that was just sima oh i was saying uh sima I feel like Seba is occupying a space that I thought Nicole Ari Parker was going to occupy. Like, I thought Nicole was going to be, like, the Samantha insert. And it feels like Seba is becoming the, that role. Well, okay. So, <laughs> since you're talking about it, I'm going to move on to kind of that portion. So, basically, like... Um, I was thinking, or I had talked to a friend about this, 
I know we both thought Nicole Ari Parker was kind of going to be the fill-in for Samantha, mm-hmm. but I feel like now they have her. Um, they have Seema played by Sarita Chowdhury, and then um, Dr. Nia Wallace played by Karen Pittman. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's like, well, we have these three women of color, so we're just kind of going to rotate them in and out. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we have a splash of diversity in each episode. And if you think about it, like each lady is paired with one of the three main cast members. Yeah. Yeah. Plus we have, you know, Shay as like a love interest. So mm-hmm. we're getting all this diversity, all this like representation in one. And so um, on this uh, Refinery29 uh, or R29 Unbothered article, it's called, and just like that, Sex in the City Still Doesn't Do Right by Black Women, uh, written mm-hmm. by Nikki McGloster. And um, so, like, they mentioned, uh, like, Jennifer Hudson's role in Sex and the City 2 yeah. um, and how we kind of <laughs> never really learn a lot about her as a person. And she kind of comes close to, like, the magical Negro yep. trope <laughs> yes. of saving Carrie during her heartbreak. Um, and in this reboot, they call it diversity for diversity's sake, uh, calling um, calling uh, Seema, uh, Lisa, and Naya. Um, merely accessories for the white women's various identity crises mm, yeah. yeah but yeah. then i was reading like on the the ig post for that article a lot of people were commenting kind of like well it's a show that's focused on these three white women so what did y'all really expect to like change so much like did you think like somehow like the main characters would become a black woman like how you know like kind of like you're asking for something that was never going to happen so I don't know I'm kind of caught between like one like these are not fully formed characters but also you know it's season one there's there's time Mm -hmm. to learn more about them um versus these are supporting characters and a lot of times supporting characters aren't fully formed like even how we talked about like Tiffany on Insecure and like how we want to know like more about her and her mental health and everything like that so maybe with and just like that they tried to add maybe one too many like new people and they just can't really handle how to spotlight them and like kind of give true representation for what these people would be in real life yeah I think it definitely feels like that especially when it's like every secondary character is a person of color Mm, mm-hmm. That's yeah. <laughs> and the previous iteration of the show had like zero representation mm-hmm. so it, it really feels like you're doing too much and that that's why I feel like the the Che character feels forced in addition mm-hmm. to all the other diversity in those ladies um something about it just feels not authentic um maybe maybe it'll grow I'm hope I'm hoping it will grow but I think I think that is a fair criticism <laughs> of yeah. the show and it's like if if these people wouldn't normally be in their sphere and their world then fine just give us all white women <laughs> just give us all you gave it to us already <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but I think it's I think it's frustrating in that every 
B and C character is a person of color and we don't get to see them be fully realized people. Like part of me is like, why are we even learning about her professor, Miranda's professor? Like, why are we learning about her infertility issues? Yeah. (laughs) Where's that going to go kind of deal? But I was also, how did you feel about the like Carrie and her neighbor storyline? I was confused by that. Like, why was Carrie so obsessed with like her opinion of her and like still being like the cool girl? Well, okay, so the very beginning of the episode when Seema comes over, Carrie's like, you know, she has all these racks of clothes out and she's like, I've just been here going through my 20s, 30s, and 40s, basically in her uh, wardrobe. So I think maybe she's kind of in a place of like, I I guess kind of like reminiscing and, um, you know, probably also with like losing her husband, all that stuff, like seeing this girl uh probably kind of like reminds her a lot of how she was like in her like late 20s early 30s so Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe she I don't know like I I feel like maybe you've never felt this but I feel like to some extent a lot of people even if it doesn't really make sense even if you should be like more I don't know not senior but you know like you should be more self-assured or whatever than this other person. Something about somebody kind of might kind of want them to feel like you're cool, like whatever, you know, whatever that may be. So maybe there's just like this, like cool girl factor that Lisette has that, you know, Carrie feels a need to have some kind of validation from her. But like when she yells out the window, like when they're Lizette and her friends are on the stoop being loud, she's like, come on. And they're like, sorry, ma'am. And but for me, I'm like, in New York, don't people just always yell out, like, shut the fuck up, like out their window? Right. (laughs) Right. I I feel like there's no way that no one else would have yelled out of their window for it seemed the seeming hours that they were out there being loud on the stoop. So I feel like that was a little unrealistic. Um, I did think it was kind of funny, like each time Carrie got called ma'am, it just kind of seemed like it kind of felt like a gut punch for her. Right. And did you not think it was creepy when she just walked into her apartment and looked at her mail? And that was weird to me. I feel like if this were original, like show Sex in the City, uh, Lizette would have woken up <laughs> Carrie would have been like embarrassed and like you know mortified right. but I just that was weird to me like that was I was thinking about security like why doesn't she have a real front door like who has a double leaf door into their apartment <laughs> <laughs> like that's this feels like a house and not an apartment building like right that's weird to me <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that she could just walk in and you know, blows out the candle. I, I just couldn't understand, like, did Carrie want to be her friend? Did she want to be her? Did she want to be like her big sis? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I was confused by what Carrie ultimately wanted other than validation from this woman. Yeah, I think probably more um, wants to be her friend, maybe a big sister kind of thing. She even said to Seema, like, I'm on a mission to 
become friends with her. Well, yeah, once she found out she was a jewelry designer. Oh, yeah. After she looked at her mail and Googled her. That's right. Yes. After she stalked her. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she didn't stalk her. She went into her apartment. The girl's door was open. That's not stalking. She went down to knock on the door. It's not Carrie's fault. How many, the door how many times open. have you walked into an open apartment of one of your neighbors? If the door was cracked, would you just open it? Would you not knock and wake them up or try to rouse them from whatever they were doing? Excuse well, me. It's not, not normal. I feel like, you know, it was kind of like a, maybe a, was there not a little slight knock? And then a, just kind of like a, a peek in as you, as you slightly knock. She didn't, she didn't try very hard. She didn't try very hard. Well, I'm going to say it's probably a very good thing that Carrie went down because then she could fully close the girl's door for her safety. It's better that Carrie walked in than somebody else. Gosh. <laughs> now, now she's the benevolent stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm like, I would have felt uncomfortable doing that. But uh, I feel like the place where she like, really crossed the line was like looking at her mail like I thought that was I'm like why why did that happen that is weird (laughs) it was it was weird I did I couldn't I don't understand it I still don't understand it other than like a a weird obsession and if you think about it like the previous season you know Sex and the City Carrie was like a sexual anthropologist she should so she was always doing research Mm-hmm. and you know wanting to have these experiences or talk to people in order to like write her columns and so I'm just like I don't I don't know how this is she still a sexual anthropologist <laughs> and like was she doing research like I, I don't uh, I don't know I'm confused a okay. little bit actually now that you say this I'm thinking about um an episode from the original series that I recently watched where um she wanted to I guess do research on people who like went to church every Sunday and then she goes to church and ends up being big church yes which is one thing that's completely random that you happen to run into him in this church but then uh her and Miranda go back Mm -hmm. and go and like because he's with a woman and she doesn't know the woman is ends up being his mom but they go and uh so I you know, I I feel like stalking is kind of in Carrie's wheelhouse. Right. But it was always under the guise of research. <laughs> so no, now, but, is, no, she, but, is she still researching for her book? I don't, it's, it's, uh, it's confusing. No, but after she knew that Big went there, I feel like then it turned into stalking. When you ran into him on accident, that was research when you went back to try to figure out who this woman was that he was with that's stalking true true so she's always been a stalker all right (laughs) (laughs) just in her spare time though yeah i mean i feel like i sound like a hater i actually i do enjoy the show i think they do a great job of capturing 50 something year old women and the real life issues that they would be dealing with. I'm I'm hoping maybe Samantha will come back, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. What is Samantha's on? 
What is she on? Is it How I Met Your Father? She's on something else. Oh, right now. she's working? Okay. Yeah. It's, if it's not that show, she's on something else right now. I can't remember okay. what it is. Yeah. Okay, Control. All right. But yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I did want to ask you how you felt speaking of the cultural representation of the uh, the supporting cast. How did you feel about Carrie going to Diwali with Seema um, at Seema's parents' house when Charlotte went to that dinner um, at Lisa Todd Wexley's house? How did you feel about those episodes? I thought they were good. I specifically liked the the Charlotte and what's her name, Lisa, on the show. Mm-hmm. Lisa. I I enjoyed that because it's. I think people assume that white people and black people or white people and any person of color feel and behave differently, and mm-hmm. both of them were like conscious of like, oh, this is my only white friend, or this is mm-hmm. my only only black friend. <laughs> like I don't how do I justify this kind of deal like I'm worried about how they're going to feel in these certain situations. So actually I really enjoyed the Charlotte portion of that. That that felt real and realistic. Um I had no issues with Carrie and Seema. Seema invited her. So like she invited herself and I actually identify completely with Carrie's like desire to have a chance to wear. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, because their their attire is beautiful. Yeah, I too funny. would love to go to an Indian wedding so that I oh, could wear that. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. I just more so because yeah, I know Seema invited Carrie, but I just kind of feel like yeah, and I kind of feel like Seema was like you know Diwali is you know the celebration of lights, etc. But like, I don't know. And maybe, maybe that would have got a little, I don't know. Maybe that would have got a little too much into like the preachy side or whatever, but, um, or not preachy, but like, like they're kind of pushing like, you know, like educational like kind of stuff on you versus like writing it in seamlessly to a show. But I just wonder like if we could have gotten like a little more background on it because I, I just kind of feel like it was like oh like so this is like this like really huge like Indian cultural holiday but the focus of this is that Seema told her parents she has a fake boyfriend you know but also maybe Seema isn't really that into the tradition of their culture you know like yeah. I, I feel like Seema's kind of like you know yeah I'm Indian yeah, I'm going to participate, but like I also want to do my own thing that might not coincide with what is culturally standard. But I don't think that really has anything to do with the like this one particular holiday of Diwali because I like I don't know, I just feel like sector and just like that is trying to, you know, give us all this like, you know, black and brown representation, but like you know really okay you might need to get into it a little bit deeper than just like oh like carrie gets to wear this really nice sorry so that's exciting for her you know well what you wanted them to like go into the history of diwali and explain <laughs> it a little more like again <laughs> like the like internet said <laughs> like the internet said these are supporting characters <laughs> yeah i guess i just don't want them to use someone's 
you know, culture or heritage as like a fun backdrop. Hmm. But you know, maybe maybe it's not that serious. I am also I'm not an Indian person, so maybe you know it's not that I'm making more of it than it should be. But yeah. Um, and with the Charlotte thing, where she went to Lisa's house for dinner, I I'm glad they showed Charlotte being concerned about Lisa and her husband being the only black people there. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, like one time, I don't remember, I was having something. And I remember saying to a black friend, like, oh, like so-and-so is coming and like, they might be the only white person. I don't know if they'll feel weird. And they were like, do you think like she would feel weird if you were the only black person there? Like, (laughs) think about that. Right. So, um, you know, hopefully more white people are thinking about that. But I was impressed with Charlotte because she was doing all that practice and stuff beforehand. uh, Just kind of general, I guess, black, (laughs) like current events. But but no, 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 not because she was doing that. I was going to say, are you proud that she also invited a token black no, 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 no. I'm saying like, she because her and her husband were trying to do all that, like, you know, last minute research or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but not that part. But because they were doing that, I assumed she didn't really know a lot about black art. But then when she mm. got there, she was, I was like, oh, okay. So Charlotte like really knows like, she doesn't just do like the European artists or the, you know, white American artists. Like she's like for real doing all of it. So I was like really pleased to see that. Yeah. I mean, she does live in New York and I feel like New York has always kind of embraced diversity yeah. in art. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess Charlotte was kind of upper crust, snooty, yeah. half loony. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know well well, i guess there's only a couple more episodes of of this season but yeah i do i do enjoy the show i'm looking forward to it you know i hope it gets renewed for a second season and i hope we get to see more of miss nap and even Seema. I'd like to see more of her character. Less of Cherry, honestly. <laughs> you want to see more Dr. Wallace? No, because I don't, I don't, I don't really under like were you friends <laughs> with any of your professors in grad school? Like No, I mean I also wasn't like in my 50s. I don't, I don't, I just don't understand how she fits into all of this. Like that that feels like a reach. That character feels like a reach to me. Okay. Yeah, that was actually something someone in the comments said um, on that R29 post. They were like, uh, it doesn't make any sense that like she's like wants to be friends with Miranda. No, like none at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I've never been close to any of my professors. And so, yeah, maybe. So Carrie ends the episode with the tagline of the show. And just like that, (laughs) (laughs) there are some things that should never be put in storage. And this is the scene where she is in her apartment wearing that beautiful Versace gown that she had only worn twice. Mm -hmm. And I think she's like eating ice cream, looking out the window. Um, the entire episode she's like going through her closet and like cataloging it or giving things away whatever whatever what do you think she was referring to metaphorically of like 
some things should never be put in storage. Okay, so I was kind of confused. I didn't really. Okay, I thought it was just me. I was like, you should talk about her coolness. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, she's wearing like that sickening dress. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, so you're not gonna, you're gonna keep this dress out, I guess, that ha- wear whenever you want to have like Jiffy Pop. And then, yeah, maybe like she shouldn't put her coolness confidence in store i i truly i i thought i had missed something okay okay i don't <laughs> feel so dumb i was like maybe i just i'm just too deep for the intro like i don't, yeah. I don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah. huh, okay <laughs> i'm glad i wasn't the only one <laughs> mm-hmm. listeners watchers if y'all if y'all know what she talking about please explain yeah yeah Okay. Is there anything else that stood out to you about this episode? Uh, no. I mean, I feel like this will have to be a longer conversation later, but I just really love the way that representation of women in their 50s has changed. Yes. Like the the Golden Girls (laughs) and, you know, some other (laughs) stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. I really enjoy the show. It, It feels realistic outside of you know some of the minority characters and their (laughs) involvement in their lives I feel like they're dealing with real issues of what it's like to be in your 50s in this time in the world and how confusing that can be and unsettling it can be but I don't know we shall see I think there's only there can't be more than what, like ten episodes. HBO usually doesn't do more than ten, right, in a season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So next episode is nine, I believe. So there might just be two more. Hmm. So we shall see. I guess yeah. now that I also wonder how much time has passed because between like the first episode and Big's passing to to now. Now that Carrie's, you know, starting to date again. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, but you know what? We did see, I think it's been a minute because remember, I think maybe it was the previous episode where she's writing and you're like seeing the seasons change. Ah, that's true. Yep. Maybe it's been at least like a year. Yeah. Which is great because I feel like typically women who are widows take a longer time to actually mm-hmm. get back out there versus men i mean yeah. we'll be back out there in like three months <laughs> <laughs> so i do i do like that and honestly i never liked big he was especially when you go back and watch like the show he was terrible yeah so i'm watching now and i'm like i don't understand why you're fighting so hard so <laughs> hard for this man who like won't claim you <laughs> right yeah yeah i'm not a big i'm not a big fan at all yeah yeah i feel you okay and just like that our episode <laughs> is concluding <laughs> oh my god <laughs> thank y'all so much for listening as always Please check us out on all of the social medias. We are on all of the podcast girls, um, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I 
we do not have an album out. I heart music. Or I have I heart radio. radio. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to be right. And I'm so wrong. <laughs> I'm so wrong. Let them know where they can find us on social media now. <laughs> you, know, you left out Spotify. But uh, <laughs> uh, you can find us on um, Facebook and Instagram at uh, Their Eyes Were Watching TV, all one word. And on Twitter at TEWWTV podcast. Yes, please uh, comment, like, subscribe, rate us uh, on all the podcast websites or listening platforms. We would really appreciate it. Yeah, please. Um, and did you have your eyes on anything new this week? Oh, um, oh, dang. I forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought maybe you didn't have anything ready. I totally forgot. Um, what what did I have my eyes on this week? Uh, I watched that movie, The Last Duel, with uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver. Oh, how was that? Uh, interesting. It was interesting. Infuriating. Oh, <laughs> but interesting. It apparently wow. is based on a true story. Um, I mean, it just it it harkens to how white men are just the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) in that like the whole the whole premise of the movie is there are like these two guys who are like frenemies kind of Mm -hmm. and one of them has a wife and the wife accuses the friend of raping her and the husband challenges his friend to a duel and it's like the last duel that was like sanctioned in uh France Mm. and it's like one of those stories where it's like the same story but it's shown in like three different perspectives the husband the wife and the accused rapist and it basically just goes to show you know just how horrible men were to women that like you can only get pregnant uh so she ends up getting pregnant through rape and they're like you can only get pregnant if you enjoyed the interaction oh wow <laughs> right like it's science <laughs> what wow. like it's it's infuriating but it, it it's an interesting it's an interesting movie i i enjoyed it more than i thought i would mm-hmm. um so i had my eyes on that this past week i'm looking forward to grownish that comes back i believe oh yeah That's next nice. week yeah. And ready to love the new season of DC is like coming right back. Uh, that second season is, I think, airing this this week as well. Um, so, oh, do you have any other shows? Uh, n- since I didn't prepare anything, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so very quickly, I did. I watched a kind of swashbuckling or no, that's like pirates. But like I watched like a sword fighting kind of movie myself. Um, oh. Cyrano with Peter Dinklage in it. Oh, and about like Cyrano de Bergerac. Yes. <laughs> so um, I think Peter Dinklage is a fantastic actor. Um, and I got, it was like some email I got and it was like, you can watch an early screener. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Oh. So that was pretty cool. Um, and like starts out fine then all of a sudden the woman like the main female character Roxanne starts singing 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> God, so it's a musical. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I was hurt up. <laughs> it's like, you just really have to be in the mindset for a musical. Right. And you have to me, tell people. You have to tell people. You, yeah. And maybe <laughs> this they, is a musical. Right. Maybe they did and I just missed it. But like, for me, like, I like musicals like, you know, West Side Story, the original, and like Chicago, where there's dancing. But this mm. is just, oh my God, it's, it's just singing. And, but then there's also like choreographed, like sword fighting, like sometimes while they were singing, it was a lot. Um, mm. But also like, so Roxanne could sing and like a couple of the other cares, characters could sing, but a lot of the people could not sing. <laughs> and I'm like, so why, why have them sing? Like it was. It's a it musical was- and the music is bad. Yeah, and like people literally like could not sing. Like it was like me trying to be in a musical. Like it was terrible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I finished the whole thing. It was like I think two hours is a change, but Ooh. yeah, I oh man, that was it was rough. It was very rough. Um. Also, uh, Road World Homecoming, LA. Yeah. On Paramount Plus. Uh huh. Have you seen any of that? No, I've just seen clips online of. Oh my! You saw Tammy. Poor Tammy. <laughs> Poor Tammy. And you don't say it neither because you Latina. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That shit is a wild ride. I highly, highly recommend that show, especially if you like. I remember some episodes from the original series. Uh, Paramount Plus also has like several seasons of the real world Hmm. but I'm kind of annoyed because they have like real world like one through four and then it jumps to like I don't know 18 or like I don't know somewhere like in the teens through like 22 whenever it ended Hmm. and I'm annoyed because my like favorite seasons are literally like five six and seven (laughs) so (laughs) I can't watch those (laughs) but the season with with Tammy and all these people from LA that is season two so if you want to kind of go back and look at what they're talking about um on the homecoming episodes you can go back and watch season two um and then last uh what I'm planning to watch this week is Reno 911 um I think it's called The Hunt for QAnon on Paramount Plus <gasps> Reno 911 is coming back so I think this is just like a special I guess but they're on like a cruise ship and like it's like a QAnon cruise or something so does Niecy Nash come back Uh uh-huh she's on there yeah all of I think all of her on there okay yeah this might make me get Paramount Plus (laughs) I'm enjoying Paramount Plus that iCarly reboot was good too I'm enjoying it But yeah, anyways, that is all for me. Okay. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. And until next time, Tuang Fu. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for everything, Julie New World. (laughs) (laughs) You knew where I was going with that. (laughs) I sure did. Bye, y'all. Bye.